Hello and welcome to the Litany of Saints podcast, coming to you from the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph in Northwest Missouri. I'm your host, Alex, and I hope all of you have had a pleasant Feast of the Assumption. And I hope you all had a chance to go to Mass today. It can be a bit rough for some working folks to make it to Mass during a weekday, but that's all part of being Catholic and a Protestant nation. Today's an interesting one because lately you don't see nearly enough about the Blessed Mother. It's fascinating to me, being a convert, to know that the Blessed Mother of our Lord was taken, body and soul, into heaven to conclude her earthly life, especially since you don't see many people talking about this particular event. In fact, I dare say that there are many Catholics who aren't even aware of this fact, which is one of my motivations uh, to do this podcast, um, to help spread the word on things like this. This is the first full-length episode of the podcast, and I am beyond excited to record this and get it out there. Uh, I've got a new story that I would like to discuss a little bit, and then once I've talked about that, I'm going to move on to uh, a wider topic related to that story. So, let's get right into it. On July 7th, just over a month ago, the Archdiocese of Detroit released a statement saying that Father Edward Perone was temporarily restricted from any public ministry due to a, quote, credible allegation of sexual abuse against a minor. Now, I don't know what they mean by credible here, because I can't find anything about what the accusation says, except that it was an alleged groping that happened as far back as 30, 40 years ago, and stems from a uh, repressed memory, which isn't something that a real court would find credible, but it's good enough for the church leaders. And we are all aware of the hierarchy's ability to handle these kind of things properly. I mean, who can mistrust the same people responsible for covering up sex abuse scandals as recent as last year? Who in their right mind would question people who can't answer basic questions regarding this case? That's right, guys. Apart from some generic hoopla on the Archdiocese website about how they are investigating, they haven't gone on to say what the investigation looks like, or how long Father uh, Perone will be suspended, or any of that. And they've deflected any questions anyone's had regarding it. I know there are bad priests doing bad things out there, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this accusation's pretty fishy. You mean he's been a predator for 40 years or so, and the only thing to come out about him is a repressed memory? I'm not buying it. Give me a break. You can tell he's likely innocent because the bishops in America typically like to handle this kind of stuff on the down low. You'd be hard-pressed to find an archbishop that wouldn't look at this situation, if it was legitimate, and go, Wait, if I tell everyone he's a pedophile, and he actually is a pedophile... They'll wonder what the heck I've been doing for the past 40 years, and I'll get in trouble. The fact that the Archdiocese is so willing to be public about suspending uh, this priest is out of character and concerning. Real pedophiles, more often than not, get protected and moved around. They don't really get publicly slammed. Not by the hierarchy, at least. Many of this priest's parishioners have come to his defense and are very upset at the Archbishop for how this has been handled. Allegedly, many of his current and former altar boys of the parish have gone on record, saying they have never witnessed nor fallen victim 
to the priest, um, committing any kind of inappropriate uh, activity. And nobody else has come forward with any allegations. Uh, typically, when someone gets accused and they're guilty, a bunch of other people will come out because it's it's hard. It's hard for some people to come out. I understand that. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you you need someone else to get the ball rolling eh? because you see that you're not alone. And uh, you know, usually when these things happen, if they're guilty, especially if they've been at it for forty years like they claim this guy is, well, usually someone would make an accusation and then someone else would come out and be like, hey, you know, same here. Uh, and then more and more people come out. Well, that's not the case here. Instead, all we have is a repressed memory from 30 to 40 years ago and nobody else has come forward to say anything. Um, it's a little, little sketchy. Um, so far, it's just one person with a really questionable claim. I'd even say that it's possible that this priest is a political rival to one of the top dogs in the Archdiocese. Because um, the only time you're ever going to see a priest get thrown under the bus like this publicly before any kind of wrongdoing uh, is proven. The only time you're going to see the church do that is when... Correction, anytime you see the church hierarchy do that, because the church and the church leaders are not the same thing. Anytime you see the church hierarchy do something like that, it's usually because they're taking out political rivals. And it's only when it benefits one of them, another priest or a bishop in their diocese or society, that's when you see them throw someone under the bus. That doesn't even have to be legitimate. Um, but I might be, I might be, uh... I might be going crazy and coming up with conspiracies that aren't there. For all I know, this priest really did do it. But and I'm not I'm in, I'm not inclined to believe it. Not not yet. Um so yeah, you have one alleged victim, nobody else. A really flaky story that's basically, no, trust me, dude. I know. I just remembered it. And that was 30 to 40 years ago. That's a long time. And full cooperation with the Archdiocese. That's the part that scares me the most, to be honest. You'd think, oh, cool, the, the Archdiocese is being transparent. But these people are never transparent. So it's kind of scary and off-putting when suddenly they are. But, like I said, maybe, maybe there's more to it than that. But nobody's saying anything, so hard to tell. Now, I know some of you listening might have mixed feelings about the Catholic news site Church Militant, and believe me, I have mixed feelings on them too. But, the priest did have an exclusive interview with Church Militant just today, and I feel like it's helpful to talk about what he said in that interview. First, Father denies the claims made against him, which isn't shocking because, of course, he would deny the claims against you. That's what you do in these things. But, you know, I he that was the first thing he said. Then he says he took a polygraph test, uh, a lie detector, you know. Um, he says he passed the test. Um, he even says, he goes on to say that he passed with flying colors. Now, these kinds of tests are easy to beat if you know how. 
or at least that's what I've heard on the internet of some YouTube sections, uh, YouTube comment sections about stuff like this. I don't know if these people know what they're talking about, but allegedly you can uh, easily beat uh, a lie detector test if you know what you're doing. But I don't think that an old man with no criminal record knows how to beat a lie detector test. Still, um, he's remained calm in the face of all this, with one of his parishioners saying in her own article that she was likely more concerned about his reputation than he was. And for my part, all I can say is <clears throat> that I hope this works out for everyone. And in the event that I'm wrong and this questionable repressed memory is legit, then I hope he does face justice. But ultimately, we're just going to have to pray on the situation and ask that God's will is done. There's not much we can do here. The sex abuse situation has made it pretty difficult to be a Catholic. You have all these reports coming out, all the feds getting involved, and the Cardinals, instead of answering to it, they go on about recycling or using less fuel or global warming or whatever. Like, we're... Like, we're stupid. You know. Uh, oh. Cardinal so-and-so is involved in a sex trafficking ring? Well, we don't need to talk about that. We need to talk about global warming. We need to talk about the environment. We need to talk about recycling. Okay. Well, the environment is pretty important, but... I mean, children are being hurt here, Cardinal. Could you maybe... Uh, figure it out, because it's starting to look like you're in on it, you know, and that's sadly the case with most of them. Now, there are, there are good bishops out there, but not, not nearly as many as bad ones. Um, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops love the talk, but that's all they are, that's all they do. Um, the McCarrick scandal that I'm pretty sure anyone listening would be familiar with, but if you're not, I mean, I might go over that at some other time, but the McCarrick scandal, it's been over a year since all that's come out, and what's been done about that? Where's the justice? All we had was, a. Uh, a meeting with the bishops in the United States and what they put their foot down that they're we're not gonna rape kids anymore oh that's comforting <laughs> nothing else has really come out of it as far as I know and that's precisely why I don't trust the hierarchy so-called process because the process is simply inertia you know they're hoping to out <laughs> they're hoping to I mean, they're all old men now, so they're probably hoping they'll just die before they get held responsible. So maybe, maybe this stalling tactic, you know, works for them. I don't know, but it's disgusting. And that's that. And I could go on and on and on and on and on about how frustrated I am with the leadership, with the hierarchy, 
uh, the Cardinals, the Bishops, the the Vatican. You know, I could go on and on about how frustrated I am with the leadership, but it isn't going to do any of us any good to complain about it online. Um, <laughs> believe me, I've been at this uh, complaining about the hierarchy online thing for like three years now. If complaining about it online worked, if it accomplished anything, we'd see some progress by now, believe me. I know plenty of people, all they do is complain. Uh, we'd see a lot of change in the world if complaining online actually changed anything. With that being said, what can we do? What can we, as the average lay Catholics, you know, people who you know, average people, you know, we're not like, I don't know, we're not, we're not saints yet, right, we're, we're saints in the making, we want to be better, but we're not, we're not there yet, you know, we're, we're doing good to make it to every holy day of obligation, you know, we might forget to eat meat, not eat meat on Fridays, you know, we're, we're the, the average American Catholics, what can we do about this? Well, First and foremost, pray. If you're not praying about something that bothers you, then you shouldn't talk about it. And that, that's what I try to live by, at least. If you, if you don't go to God with your problems, then it must not really be a problem for you. Because you're not willing to go to the, the greatest help there is. And it, it takes nothing to ask God for help. So if you're not willing to pray about something that bothers you, then it really must not bother you. And that's that's something I try to live by in general. In this instance in particular, we need to pray. We need to pray for the victims, for the accused, for the falsely accused, and pray for our leaders in the church. We need to pray for everybody involved in this. And we need to pray for each other. Because this affects us, too. Um, it's not easy being a Catholic because of people like this. And it's frustrating, and it's sickening, and it's saddening. And all we can do is pray about it. Um, and, like I said, we need to pray for everybody involved, too. That includes the people that are doing the bad stuff. It's hard, but we need to pray for our enemies. And we need to pray for... Uh, well, we need to pray for all sinners. But especially people that are supposed to be the shepherds. You know, they're supposed to be leading us to God. And if they fail that task, if they betray their... Um, their obligations to the church, to God, that's not going to look good for them in the next life. And we shouldn't pray for people to die in a state of mortal sin. So as long as these people are still alive, we need to pray for them. That they, that they repent or that they start doing the right thing. Um, and that justice is done and that God's will is done ultimately, which would be justice. So prayer is the first thing that we can do.
Next, what we can do, and this one's harder, it's a lot harder than praying, but next what we can do is we can amend our own lives. It's said that we get the leaders we deserve, and let's face it, the society we live in is pretty far removed from what's good and holy. But if we reform ourselves into better Catholics, we can inspire other people to do the same thing. And maybe, just maybe, we'll end up with better leaders to guide us. And protect us from all of this. Now, like I said before, there are good bishops, there are good priests. But there's so many bad ones, and there's so many lax ones, and there's so many lukewarm ones. And we don't live in an age where lukewarm Catholicism will survive. We don't live in an age where tolerating or turning a blind eye to bad clergy works anymore. It worked in the past because you didn't have uh, social media. You didn't have news in your pocket at every, every given second. It doesn't work anymore. And it's not enough to just go... Oh, well, I like Father So-and-So. And that's all that matters. I'll just go with Father So-and-So and just not worry about the rest of the rest of the world. That doesn't work anymore. The world's a lot smaller now. And we have to... We have to take serious action. Prayer and amending our lives. Having a stronger relationship with God and acting accordingly. That's what we can do about this. Um, and when you, when you start living a certain way, other people take notice. Well, hey, you know, that guy, he doesn't eat meat on Fridays. You know, you'll get made fun of a bit for it. I've been made fun of for it. But every once in a while, you're going to find someone and be like, hey, what's that about? Why don't you eat fish on Fridays? Or, hey, why do you, uh, why do you do the sign of the cross? What's that about? What's that, uh... What are those beads for? You know, someone is going to see that, and they're going to either ask you about it, and you're going to open up a dialogue, or they're going to be inspired and seek out the information on their own. And then you have other Catholics. Let's say you have, like, your, your classic cradle Catholic that, you know, hasn't gone to Mass since they moved out of Mommy and Daddy's house and because they don't have to go to Mass anymore. You know, and they just, they're lax Catholics, but they're not, they're not satisfied with their life. And they see, they see you and they go, maybe, maybe if I return to this thing that I walked away from, I can be happy like this guy. You know, so if you amend your life, you're not just amending your life, but you're also uh, kind of being a role model. And that, that brings about real change in the world. And that's the kind of change that we need to start really focusing in on. Because even if, even if we don't suddenly, like even if the, the bad priests don't magically become good priests, everyone dies, right? And so eventually these bad priests are going to be replaced by new priests. And these new priests, well, they're going to be raised by people like you and me, who started praying more, 
who saw all the bad in the world and decided, hey, I don't want to live like that. These future priests are coming are going to be coming from people like us who saw all the evil and were utterly disgusted by it. So, if we can enact that kind of change in our own lives, in our own families, in our, our, our close circle of friends, in our parish, in our town, if we can get this change going, it'll change all of society. And if not the society, it will change the Catholics in the world, or at least in the United States. And that's what we need to do. That's how we beat evil men like this. Prayer and amending our lives. Before I go, I'd like to ask you for some feedback. What do you think about this case in the Archdiocese of Detroit? What do you think about the ongoing crisis in the church. What changes have you made to amend your life lately? Heck, what do you think about the podcast? Whatever it is, I'd love to see your feedback in the comments of the Facebook page or message to me on Facebook, either on the page or on my personal, if you know it. Um... One day I might have more social media, but for now it's just Facebook. <laughs> so, I'd love to hear from you. And, like I said, I hope everyone had a good Feast of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I apologize that it's kind of a kind of a bummer topic. You know, nobody really likes talking about this kind of stuff. And I, I do apologize, but it needs to be talked about. This is the Litany of Saints podcast. Thanks for listening.